0: Welcome to Little Bodies, Mighty Hormones, a podcast that delves deep into the world of pediatric weight management and hormone health. Join me, Dr. Rinkumera, as I embark on a journey to unravel the mysteries of these tiny bodies with enormous potential. Here, I will guide you through the intricacies of nurturing healthy lifestyles, fostering hormonal balance, and empowering our youngest generation to thrive. So whether you're a concerned parent, a healthcare professional, or simply curious about the wonders of pediatric health, you're in for an enlightening ride. Stay tuned for expert insights, inspiring stories, and actionable advice to help our little ones reach their full potential. Let's embark on this empowering journey together. Thanks for joining me today. Yes, of course. It's been a busy day, it sounds like, for you, too. I know. Yes, it has. I have been doing a series on healthy eating. And I've been doing a series on healthy eating for kids. And I am really happy to have you kick off the first event for the Healthy Eating for Kids series, which will be the next three weeks. We're going to talk about healthy food (laughs) habits for kids. And I wanted our listeners to meet you and know who you are and understand what you do, because I think you're going to take us from the first stage, from early on, healthy eating for young kids. So please go ahead and introduce yourself to us. Thanks for
1: having me. So I am Dr. Andrea Wadley. I am a pediatrician as well as a lactation consultant. I have a direct primary care pediatric and lactation practice here in Colleyville, Texas. I'm also a course creator, so I have a new breastfeeding class available on demand online. And I'm super passionate about healthy eating and kids. So it starts with breastfeeding. Um, And then we're
0: going to talk about table foods today, how to introduce them to your baby. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be very interested to hear what you have to say. So tell us a little bit about when you recommend introducing table food. And I know there's different guidelines that come up from the AAP and sometimes it's four months and sometimes it's six months and sometimes it's a little bit older. So can you tell me first about what recommendations you have as far as when to start? Yeah, so that's a common question
1: among my patients and families at large. large. So really the AAP guidelines are to start around six months. Sometimes they talk about four months just because that's when iron. Stores in the baby's body are lower, and so you're wanting to introduce some iron supplements or or ways to get iron to the baby. But really, six months is what they recommend. In addition, the American Breastfeeding Medicine Society also recommends six months. You want to exclusively breastfeed to the six-month mark before you start foods. I also discussed with families. Some families want to start a little earlier, so four months between the four- and six-month window is really okay. But you want your baby to be able to do a few things before you even think about starting food. So you want them to be able to sit pretty well, either supported or unsupported. You want them to not be doing the tongue extruding reflex. Anytime you put anything in their mouth, that tongue pushes it out, which it won't completely disappear as you're starting foods. But you want it to be less than it was as they're littler so. Those are some guidelines I tell parents. Really, there's no rush to start food. So, you know, usually I find my first-time moms that are excited about all the milestones. They're ready to start food super fast. Yeah. And my moms, who have had other babies that are like, no, only don't want one more thing to do. So really,
0: between four and six months is when you want to start. Okay. Okay. So just to clarify, so four to six months, they should be sitting well and not having like a tongue extrusion reflux before you start. Okay. In- interested in food, oh. up to. Okay. Okay. And then when you start food, what do you recommend starting with? What are some of the guidelines that you have for what to start?
1: So, like I was saying before, if their iron stores start to decrease, you know, as they get into the 4 to 6 month range. During pregnancy, the placenta transfers the iron to the baby, and then doing delayed cord clamping will give the baby some extra iron. But by the time they reach 4 to 6 months, those iron stores are starting to be depleted. So, That is what we ask you to start with. What we recommend is start with an iron-rich food. So that can look like cereal. So all the baby cereals are fortified with iron. So you can pick any of the regular branded ones. You can pick an organic one, just something that's already fortified. It's an easy way to start foods. Or if you don't want new cereals, if you're not into grains or you've read things about rice being bad and all those things, you can start with other witch foods, so like meat, ground up meat, shredded chicken, pureed meat, if you have the stomach for it, or leafy green
0: vegetables. All those things have iron in them. Okay. And so when you're saying shredded meats and things, are you saying at six months, they can start with the shredded meats and... and leave yeah, them? so it
1: really depends on what your feeding philosophy is.
0: The baby-led
1: weaning crowd gives more whole foods to babies earlier on, parents worry about babies not having teeth, choking, those kinds of things. You just want it to be soft and manageable for the baby. Usually ground meat is soft enough for a six-month-old baby to, to start putting in their mouth and start exploring. I'd probably save the shredded meats for a little bit later after they've proven that they can handle some
0: of the different textures. Okay. And then as far as portions of the food that you're starting, how much do you recommend?
1: So usually we talk about a tablespoon is a portion for each year old they are. When a six-month-old baby obviously is less than a year old. So I would just start with a tablespoon of one or two foods when you're starting out. And then you can start to add things as they're handling those foods pretty well. Okay.
0: And and so when you start the food, I mean, I was always taught to say no more than one new food a week. Has that changed at all? Or what's the time frame that you would introduce new foods. Say they're tolerating something.
1: I kind of live the school of thought that you can do it a little faster than one every few days. But definitely introducing sort of one ingredient at a time for the first two weeks as you're introducing things is good to to make sure that the baby is tolerating them. Any true food allergy, you're gonna know pretty quickly if the baby has a reaction to it. You just don't want multi-ingredient foods really at first until you know that the baby's tolerating
0: stuff. So can you give us an example? So besides meat, can they start fruit or veggies first? Or what is your recommendation? I think there's some questions about that. So yeah, what do you think?
1: Really, so whatever you want. So we used to be thinking, don't do fruit because they like the sweetness. They'll never eat vegetables. I don't know that that's really true. I think that you can introduce things as you desire. Um, So really, the ultimate goal is that they're eating with you as a family. You're all eating the same things. You're all eating healthy foods. So that's your goal to achieve. By the time they're about one year old, starting with things that your family eats regularly, but making sure they're nutrient dense because babies aren't going to eat a whole lot. So when you're introducing things, you want them to have good nutrients. So fruits, vegetables, whatever culturally you're used to eating as a family.
0: Okay. Okay. And then let's talk about we're introducing new foods and babies at six months. And so by a year's age, they've introduced you, introduced several foods. Can you talk to us a little bit about portions for the for children after the age of one?
1: So like I was saying before, so it's about a tablespoon of each sort of thing that you're eating per year old they are. So for like a one year old, you would start. Like a tablespoon of fruit, a tablespoon of vegetable and a tablespoon of meat or protein and put it on their tray, put it on their plate and let them eat that. And that's the starting portion. So if your baby is wanting more than that, then you can always give them more, of course, making sure that you're doing the healthier foods. But that's a good starting place. And then it doesn't overwhelm the baby. So if you're just putting one tablespoon of three different things on their tray, then they can explore and try those things.
0: And they don't get too overwhelmed by a huge plate of food. Okay. And can you talk to us a little bit about milk? Introduction of milk and, or, you know, whole milk. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think there's some questions on that. And when to start and for how long? So from zero to six months, we want the baby to only have
1: either breast milk or formula. Formula. Mm -hmm. So no water, no juice, no other foods, nothing else. And then from six to 12 months, they're still getting their main source of calories from either breast milk or formula. So kind of in the six to nine month window, you're introducing food, you're teaching them how to eat, they're practicing, they're starting to like flavors and textures and you're adding those nutrients in. But from, you know, kind of in the six to nine months, their majority of their calories should come from milk. So, breast milk or formula. And then from nine to 12 months, they're starting to shift towards more foods. But really, they should be having about 24 ounces or so of breast milk or um, formula per day to meet their nutritional requirements. And then by 12 months of age, you can switch over to whole milk, like you were saying, or you can just make sure your baby is getting the protein, calcium, the different ingredients are really are what we use milk for is just to have an easy way of getting protein and calories into a baby. So if your family doesn't do milk, there's plenty of milk alternatives. Just make sure you're not giving something with lots of sugar in it, and make sure you're giving something that's fortified with different nutrients. But really, traditionally, we've said whole milk for the first two years of life, and then you can switch to a lower fat milk. And really, at that point, you don't want your baby having more than you know, two to three cups of milk per day, and then you want them to get away from putting it in the bottle. I'm lenient with that. And so I'd say by about 15 months of age, you really don't want the baby to have a bottle of milk because it can cause lots of dental issues and
0: cavities and stuff.
1: So that's usually the recommendations that I go
0: by. And so I'm glad to hear you say not to have large portions of milk because some babies will just fill up on milk and have milk all day long. Mm-hmm. And again, that lead to iron deficiency also. So I think that's important for parents to know that it's not always just milk. The other question I want to ask, and I'm so glad that I have you here, is because I treat a lot of kids a little bit older. But for the younger kids, I often get questions about my baby's not eating enough, whether my toddler's not eating enough. Or my toddler's picky and I'm not getting enough. And oftentimes when I see them, their height and weight are on the growth chart, but the parents are really concerned that they're not eating enough as far as the portions. And I'm talking about the toddler two to four or you know, until they hit school age. And so what are your recommendations for that? For those picky eaters, they just don't eat much. They pick one food that they like and they just stick to that and they want milk the rest of the day. What is? What are your thoughts about that?
1: So really, in the first year of life, they're growing so rapidly, you know, you're giving them lots of breast milk, lots of formula, you know, you're keeping up with their food, all this stuff. They're hungry, hungry, hungry because their brain is growing, their body is growing, their weight is increasing in a pattern, but pretty rapidly. So then when they get to about a year old, they are not growing quite as rapidly. So they're still growing, of course. But their velocity, so how fast they're adding height and weight, is slowing. So that is why all of a sudden it feels like they're not eating anything because they were eating a lot. Now they're not eating a lot. And on top of that, toddlers are very distractible. In case you haven't noticed, they're very distractible. They fill up on snacks. They fill up on milk. So what you really want to do is just make sure that you're offering nutrient-dense foods at mealtimes. Mealtime for a toddler is, can be at your mealtime. It can be different. Really, my holistic approach to eating is the whole family eats together. So breakfast, lunch, dinner. And then toddlers need extra snacks throughout the day, usually two to three snacks, but just make sure you're planning those snacks. You're not offering snacks on the run. Your toddler doesn't have access to your cabinet where they're pulling their favorite things out right. all the time. So that's really key is just making sure they're eating those things and focusing on those and then allowing them to have their favorite or preferred foods in, in their meals as you're serving them. And then the other thing with toddlers is milk. They, they get addicted to milk. They love milk. And then it becomes this cycle, like, sure. they didn't eat, so I'm going to give them okay. milk. And then they don't want to eat because they're full from the milk. And then it's just this vicious right. cycle, right? And so you've seen it. They get into iron deficiency. It's also a huge cause of constipation in this age group. So really, milk is an afterthought. We focus on milk and breast milk and formula in the first 12 months. That's their main source of calories. And then it switches to food being their main source of calories. So eating by mouth, right? And then milk is an additive. So we just add it on at the end. So milk should be part of meals. They should put a little bit of milk in a cup. They should eat it with their meals. They shouldn't be taking eight ounce bottles or cups of milk between meals before naps, those kinds of things. So that is how you keep your toddler on track and just know that they're not going to eat a ton and that's okay. It just seems a lot less to you because they were eating so much when they were younger.
0: Yeah. So they are growing and developing normally. Otherwise, they're probably getting enough as far as their calories, what you're saying.
1: Yeah. So if they're on their growth curve, they should be getting enough. Toddlers need about a thousand calories a day, which is not a lot, you know, in the the one to two year old range. So just make sure you're focusing on good, healthy food and that you're not just feeding them. For the sake of feeding them and getting into this pattern of only feeding them certain things that they like, make sure that they have the opportunity to try all sorts of foods at their meal times. Okay,
0: all right. And then I wanted you to just make a comment again about snacks because I know you talked about it, making sure that they have snacks. But if they're snacking during the day, they're probably not going to be hungry at meal times, and so that's something also just to keep track of as to how much snacks they're having versus what they're actually consuming at meals. Because I hear that sometimes too, that they're having a snack and here's a snack before dinner, but they're not eating dinner. And so I think that they only have, their stomachs are only so big and so they can only hold so much. So I think it's important to understand that, you know, where they're coming from. They're not going to eat large portions like even maybe even a five or six year old as far as looking at toddlers.
1: Yeah. And so once they start talking Snack becomes like a four-letter word, right? right. (laughs) and you're always snack, 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 and you give them a snack to keep them quiet. You give them a snack to keep them entertained. I am guilty of that too. I'm a pediatrician and I did that a lot. But just making sure you're planning snack time. So, you know, this between this hour and this hour, you can have a snack, but it has to be a healthy snack. So something with protein, a fruit or a vegetable, that kind of thing. And then just having clear expectations for dinner. So... If you're giving them a snack at five o'clock and then you're serving dinner at 530, you can't expect them to eat a lot. So yeah. just making sure you're thinking through your day. If you imagine as a healthy adult, most of us need about 2000 calories per day on average, which are the recommendations. And a toddler really just needs half of that. So if you think about in a whole day, what you eat, just splitting it up between meals and snacks because their stomach is small. They do metabolize. it a lot quicker. They're Moving a lot more, all those things. So just having good expectations, realistic expectations of your little one. Okay, okay.
0: And then before we run out of time, I just wanted to run through maybe a little bit older groups, the school age, like five year olds, and maybe we talk about five to nine year olds or before they actually hit puberty. What about for those kids? I mean, for I'll tell you for myself, my own kids start, were great eaters when they were babies and toddlers, and they were eating a whole bunch of food. And then really in that time category, 5 to 10 or 5 to 9, they started becoming more and more, I don't want to say picky, but just not wanting to eat certain things that we were eating and ha- developing their own routine as far as what they wanted and what they didn't. And what do you, what recommendations do you have for parents around that stage? The kids don't want to eat and they're, all, you know, I think the questions like they don't eat dinner or they don't want to eat dinner and they don't want to eat what we're eating. Do you have any specific recommendations? And again, we're talking about healthy eating here for kids. Any specific recommendations that you have as a pediatrician?
1: Yeah, so I am in the throes of that time period. So I have a nine-year-old and she has through contra- that. So I worked so hard to yeah. breastfeed her. I worked so hard to get fruits and vegetables in her in the one, two-year-old, three-year-old range. And she was a good eater. And then she became more picky as she got older because... They have choice, right? They're exercising their choice as they grow. They're wanting to be more independent of adults. So really, my advice is just to keep offering. I know back in the day, right? Back in the day, our parents wouldn't give us an option. (laughs) This is the food that you eat. This is the food that I made. And so really, at our house, the rule is you eat what we're eating. You eat what's on your plate or you don't really eat anything else. And you can wait until the next meal time. So just doing those things and then eventually not making it such a battle or, or a an issue in your house. So right now, my 10-year-old, almost 10-year-old makes her own lunch every day for school. And she's good about picking a fruit, a vegetable, and a protein to put in her lunch because she's learned that all along. So really, it's just a, a lifelong habit of being consistent offering the things that they'll eat, trying to add a fruit or a vegetable onto their mac and cheese, or and just not making foods that they love and idealize to be off limits completely, but also not restrict them so much.
0: Yeah, Does that help? Yeah. 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 And again, I think the thing to emphasize there is, and I always tell my patients this, and I want to make sure that I'm telling the, the, the same thing that you're telling them, is I always tell my patients food before liquid. So we want to start eating solid mm-hmm. food before liquid. I often say water or milk at meal times, but really what I want them to do is learn to eat the food first and not fill up on the liquids. I don't know if you have the same or similar philosophy to that.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. So it's so easy for kids, for adults too, to fill up on their daily calories with liquid. So juice and tea and coke and all those things that hopefully your kids just been drinking all those things but it's really easy and milk is a huge calorie filler too so just having you with meals like you were saying so water and milk at meals and then save lemonade or soda or whatever is treats extra special things like if you go out to a restaurant or if you're having a special occasion those kinds of things to just make sure your kids are not filling up on things that are not helping their bodies to grow and their minds to expand and all the roasting.
0: So I'm glad you made that comment because I've had a lot of people say things to me about juice and why juice is not needed at each meal. And I do think that we do want to have solid food and not fill up on sugary treats. And I agree with you that I think juice and lemonade and some of those things should be reserved as treats. But saying that with regards to treats and desserts, I think kids sometimes feel like they can have ice cream or cookies or things like that for dessert. What is your recommendation for that? Mine is usually as a treat in moderation, but what do you usually say with regards to desserts after dinner?
1: Yeah, so like you said, treats, moderation. We don't have dessert every night after dinner at home. Mm -hmm. We usually cook at home. We try to cook most dinners at home and have meals together as a family. So really, you don't want to completely restrict it. So, you know, I know Like when I was a kid, we weren't allowed to have so many things. And then when I got those things, I would eat them like crazy. So you don't want to completely restrict it, make it off limits, make it seem really desirable. But you also don't want them to fill up completely on that. You want them to have nutrients, good balance. So whenever that looks like for your family, maybe a small piece of candy once a week in their lunch. Or my daughter gets hot lunch at school, which is basically fast food, she gets to have that on Fridays and she knows she can look forward to that and she can pick out an ice cream after lunch for that. So just making sure that A, you're not feeding that to them all the time, but B, you're also not completely restricting it. Just finding a balance that works for your family.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, anything else that you want to say? I think this has been super helpful and I think the one thing that I want to emphasize that healthy eating starts early and starts young. And like you said, consistency is the key. So really building those lifelong habits so that, you know, parents know that they need to offer fruit, veggie protein and carbs also. Carbs are not off-limit for our, our kids, but making sure that we have moderation when we offer some treats. But I think that's really important for for parents to understand. But I'm glad to hear you emphasize that, that it's really lifelong and a lifelong habit that the kids need to build for healthy eating habits.
1: Absolutely. And you really need to model that for them too. If you're sitting down and eating a whole bag of potato chips and then you're telling them they can't have a cookie, you know, that's not really fair. And then the other thing is, parents tell me a lot, they always just eat this. Well, you're in charge. Like you're in charge of what goes in the pantry. You're in charge of what you put in your Grocery cart at the store. So picking healthy foods, it's really your job as a parent and modeling it and teaching them that. So for sure,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, I think that's so important, and I think that's what we as pediatricians strive to, to teach our patients all the time, too, as a parent. So I appreciate that. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Can you tell us one more time how to find you, and then about your course also. Yeah,
1: definitely. So I am on Facebook at 127 Pediatrics. I'm on Instagram at 127 Pediatrics, all spelled out. For this time in my career, I guess I'm focusing on breastfeeding moms. So I'm launching a breastfeeding resource center slash coaching, keeping um, breastfeeding moms on track, helping them support them during this kind of a hard time of their life. So you can go to breastfeeding.127pediatrics.com. If you'd like to look at the class, check it out. I have a free download if you're just contemplating breastfeeding. So yeah, so that's how you can find me. If you want to follow me on Instagram and learn some breastfeeding tips more on Facebook, I do more of my general
0: pediatric stuff. So you can follow me there as well. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Wadley. And we were so honored to have you here with us today. So thank you. Disclaimer. The information provided in this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. The content is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always take the advice of your qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it based on information shared on this podcast. The host, guests, and creators of this podcast do not endorse or promote any specific treatment, product, or medical institution. Reliance on the information provided by this podcast is solely at your own risk.